Welcome to My Turn Podcast, the gaming podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings, including our honorary sibling, Tim. Hello again, Tim. Hi, Jem. Hi, 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 hi. How are you? Hi, hi, hi. And it's just me and you again, Tim, because uh, my uh, blood brothers are just rubbish and doing other things. Well, you know, that's okay. My blood sibling isn't here either because um, I didn't invite her. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, she we, doesn't we like video games. Have... Oh, really? She doesn't your sis- like your, them. Your blood sister doesn't like yeah. video games. Nope. No, no not having it at no all. Good. My nephews do, so I can talk to them about it. But yeah, she's not down with it at all. Oh, that's why you picked me up, isn't it? That's why we've yep. uh, been the only siblings for 20 years, Tim. It's going to be 20 years in October that we've known each yeah. other. I know. Lifetime. That's madness. Yeah. <laughs> that is madness. Do you remember the first time I met you, Tim? Uh, we were, at, we yep. were at uni. I got to halls a bit late in Fresher Week because uh, I had I was in a show. Um, back in my hometown. So I came a few days mm-hmm. late and we met in, I think, in the dining hall or somewhere. And no, you asked it was, me where... It was the student bar. Oh, that was it. No, yeah, it was booze. That was right. I had a pound fifty pint because that's how cheap it was back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you asked me what halls I was in and I told you and you were like, no, you're not. I've met everyone Absolutely. on my but, but do you remember <laughs> what the occasion was? Do you remember what happened before that? No, I don't remember anything except you was, were wrong. And I remember that. We were doing a pub quiz. <laughs> we were Where doing we? a pub quiz. This is what happened. I, I can't believe you can't remember. I, yeah, so we were in, um, I don't think it was the boot. It was like the the main, the main yeah, one the main, that you the worked in. The Ram Bar, the Ram Bar where I worked. The Ram. And yes. um, I was Ex- sitting on one listeners, little table. If you're interested. Sorry? I was just saying it's Exeter University that we went to, in case you're Oh, yes, Exeter University. <laughs> um, so I was sitting on one little table with my friend Will, um, who I'd met at the, like, the um, interview stage. Yeah. And we were like, him. let's get to know each other and have a pint. And then they announced that they were going to do a pub quiz. And, it, we, you know, we were still sort of in Freshers' Week. And we were like, let's stay and do the pub quiz. But there was just two of us and we were like, oh, maybe we should ask that table next to us to join us. And it was you <laughs> and your friend Louise. And we oh, were like, yeah, yeah. And we were like, hey, do you want to join us to a pub quiz? And you guys were like, yeah, sure. And so we'd randomly just met through our mutual love of quizzing before oh, we even knew we were doing the same subject, before we knew we were next door neighbours. And yeah, we, were um, next door we did very well at the pub quiz. I guess then you can't remember what our team name was. No, I mean, you've got a kind of, you've got one of those memories where you remember everything. I just remember little choice nuggets, like the fact that you were wrong, which I mentioned <laughs> earlier. I remember shall that because it's not often. <laughs> shall I tell you? What was our team name? We were called the Krusty Gussets. Oh, no. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yes. We were. We and were let me the guess, you gussets. came up with that, did you? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something I'd come up with, but I'm not going to yeah. solely take the blame because I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that probably was you. 
That's amazing, Tim. <sighs> so the first time we met, and I had totally forgotten that, we met over a competitive, yep. like, I was going to say sporting activity, gaming activity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But what are the chance we, we literally met randomly in a pub. Wow. It wasn't even because it was the university one. It wasn't even like it was the one next to our halls of residence. No. And through the medium yeah, of quizzing, yeah, the I think campus. if it's definitely the fates had a hand in that. <laughs> yeah. And then not too many years later, we were co-hosting a pub quiz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We learned nothing at university. <laughs> just, no, just how to drink and we, do quizzes. <laughs> we arrived as quizzes, we left as quizzes. That was it. <laughs> yeah, and we played a lot of Nintendo as well. <laughs> yeah. The first year yeah. in particular. Oh, then were the days. But we're so old now. I mean, nearly 20 years ago that yeah. was. That's, that's some crazy stuff right there. Um, but... As we said, this is a gaming podcast. Uh, are we going to talk about some games today, Tim? Have you got anything good for us? I have. Um, I want to. I want to tell you about a game called Fractured Minds, and then Ooh. playing. It's a very short game, and playing that led me onto a couple of other things I think are quite interesting, which I'd like to bring oh, to you. Nice. Good. Well, oh. I'm going to be talking about a very short game, uh, a lovely short indie game called Glee. Ooh, Glee. G-R-I-S. Like, oh, Gris. I thought you said, I thought it was a singing one. Hang, hang on, <laughs> let me just, let me just warm my R rolling up. It's, it's not your pronunciation, it's our connection. Oh, is it? Is that what it is? I'm not trying to critique you personally, it's just not that smooth in my ears. I was going to say, I mean, being like half Turkish, I should be pretty down with the R rolling, right? <laughs> yeah give it some all right do you want do you want to go first or shall i oh why don't i go first for once tim you'd be the interviewer yeah all right, yeah. Oh, all right so okay so tell me tell me what this is then if not uh, about so singing. this is a, okay so this game gris was uh recommended to me by a friend um so i knew nothing about it going in um, and I haven't really read much about it either, so I'm just going to signal that at the top. I'm just going off my own impressions. But it is a beautiful, artistically conceptualised kind of a puzzle platformer, but not really. It's um, you go in as a young girl who's lost her voice and some stuff happens and it's it's very kind of loose and arty and very hard to kind of summarize so um <laughs> arty, okay slightly puzzly platformery beautiful adventure all right okay i'm yeah. i'm into it i'm sort of i'm nearly there i've been playing some <laughs> arty games so i can kind of sense what you're going for um, do yeah. I need to know any um, publisher details or anything like that? Oh, I can I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. So it's uh, it's made by a Spanish company. I think they're Barcelona-based, called Nomada Studio. Uh, it came out on the 13th of December 2018. So it's been out a little while, but I'm playing it on the Switch. And I don't know how long it's been out on the Switch, but um, it's also on PS4, Windows and Android. So I'm assuming you can play it on your phone which I'm mm. not sure about. But um, yeah, it's a fairly indie company from what I can tell. Um, mm -hmm. Small little game. You can kind of knock it out in five hours. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So, uh, can you nutshell some, has it got more of a story for me to hear about? Yeah. So in a nutshell, um, it's a hard one actually, Tim, to nutshell. I know it can be uh, really hard to art games, can't it? <laughs> it's so arty. It's really hard to nutshell. And I think it's very narrative loose, but essentially imagine you're kind of Ariel losing her voice, but there's no Ursula and you're not under the sea, but then sometimes you are. And sometimes you're just falling through watercolor paintings and being chased by weird phantom birds. And you have to okay. figure some stuff out. <laughs> that was a terrible nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hans Christian Andersen is turning in his grave. Uh, yeah. So I'm sorry it kind of, that, everyone. That, that feeling of losing your voice <laughs> and like falling through water and stuff sounds a bit nightmarish to me. Is it? Is it horror-y? Is it more sort of dreamy? I can't it, quite tell. I would go, say dreamy. And so the tones of the dream go from kind of... The start of the game really reminded me of Little Mermaid, of the losing of the voice. And it's very sort of unclear why the voice has suddenly kind of disappeared, but it sort of shatters all the colours in your world. So the, so the world actually starts grey and you are also called Gris. Like, so mm-hmm. everything's grey and then, and you're really weak as well at the beginning. So all you can do is fall on your knees or walk forwards. And then you also can do this really pathetic little gasp, but you don't have a voice. You kind of go ah, like oh. that. So you're really pathetic and weak. So at the beginning, it's very sad and grey and somber, but it's this beautiful kind of washed out watercolour. So it's still really visually stimulating and the, Score is amazing, but I'll talk more about that later. Mm. Um, And then as you go through the game, you unlock more physical actions. And -hmm. and with that, you reclaim your power bit by bit. Right. And you also have to solve... It's kind of... They're not traditional puzzles, but you... There is an element of puzzling and platforming none of it is traditional and none of it feels that linear although you can't do it in any other order you can spend ages walking in the wrong direction and mm. then have to circle back on yourself it's very unclear where you're going when you start the game or what you're doing or why you're doing it but because it's so dreamy so to go back to a question it's so dreamy that you just sort of roll with it everything mm. is dreamy everything like you fall through levels sometimes or you fly or you get carried in a gust of wind it's you feel like you've just flown past a whole level and you're like was i meant to do that this is so unclear (laughs) it's so lucid it's lucid let's go (laughs) lucid i like that all right so you you said you didn't necessarily know anything about it beforehand so you might not have any expectations but um what I suppose what were the recommend what was the what was in the recommendation to you that made you want to go for it then? The recommendation was uh I said, Oh, I just want a nice little indie game to play. And my friend said, Oh my god, have you played Greer? It was one it was like my best game of last year. It's amazing, it's mind blowing, it's beautiful. I said, Yes, yeah, sign me up, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Good. So I expected I mean, you and I like these sort of indie games. And mm. uh, you kind of go in knowing what you want. You you can look at the first couple of frames and sort of understand 
whether the atmosphere appeals to you. And straight away, as soon as it loaded up, I was like, yeah, the atmosphere appeals, the world is just pulling me in, even though it's very, there's nothing that I can grasp. It's, I'm mm-hmm. gonna use that word again, it's so lucid. Everything is just... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so my expectation was that, was just, it's gonna look really pretty, it's gonna have a good score, and I'm gonna just wanna play it through. All right, so I guess let's get on to what you enjoyed about it then, because there's been a lot of ambiguity in, uh, in what's actually happening. Did you did you come into <laughs> settle a bit? What what did you like about it? <laughs> um, first of all, the score is absolutely outstanding. It is is any film could take the score. It's beautiful. It's really really evocative and atmospheric. So just going in where you're looking at a washed out grey canvas and a kind of pathetic twiggy girl character who just keeps falling on the floor. This mm-hmm. score just sort of up, like uplifts you and takes you on a journey. And that's been present the whole way through. And then beyond the score, the actual sound design is wonderful. It's so alive. So the more you kind of play through, um, I love how the world opens up. And for me, that starts with sound. And I thought that was really clever of them that they've taken her voice away. And as she progresses through the game and starts to reclaim some physical power, the the noise of the world that she's in slowly kind of comes alive as well as you, you unlock colors as well. So I love that, that kind of let's take something away and then let's slowly give it back to you. Like you're slowly earning little bits of sound back, not, through her, through the world, and then the color mm-hmm. the same. So I love that. It's, it, there's a lot of sim, sort of symbolism and metaphor in this game, and that really appeals to me. Um, you don't really know what's going on or what you're meant to be doing, but at the same time, you you do because the music guides your in your kind of character's intention, and mm-hmm. you know by the atmosphere curate curate. Created, God, I can't speak again. <laughs> created in the game, whether it's a danger moment or a solve something moment. And I love that because I think a lot of games now, and there's a time and a place for it, but a lot of games are so heavily signposted, um, especially with tutorial levels. You know, sometimes you'll be mm-hmm. playing a game for four hours and you haven't even finished a tutorial. Um, and I just quite liked being chopped in the deep end and just trusting this really sensual, <laughs> ooh, sensual game. Ooh, sensual. It is really of the <laughs> senses, you know? Yeah. So alive in the audio um, and the visual design of the game that you just trust that and you just go with it and you relax and it's beautiful. So that's my like top thing about the game was just that sen- mm. multi-sensory experience. And it yeah. is unlike anything I've played before. It's it's great when you feel like a game is trusting you. When you feel like yeah. you're developing some kind of relationship with the game because they've gone, I trust you enough to just go with this and immerse yourself and I'm not going to be worried that you will feel too confused or whatever and just abandon it. I, I appreciate that in so many things, you know, books, films, um, all, all sorts of stuff like that, which are like, let's just have a high opinion of our user. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think very much so. And 
you know, I'd say about two hours in, I was like, is this going to be challenging at all? And if it's not, am I going to get bored of it? But it does become more challenging, hence the sort of slight puzzle element. But it's not a traditional puzzle. It's just figuring out. I mean, it is a puzzle. It's figuring out the order with which you need to do things and just observing Mm -hmm. your surroundings and the way things will unfold and awaken uh, I just it's it's amazing I can't it's so hard to sum up in words now that I'm talking about it out loud but just another another really wonderful thing about this game is this idea of just things awakening that you can then interact with both with your own character and the moves that you can then unlock and also the world around you and I, I don't really want to give too much away but just as one little example at one point they play with light so if you can see something, you can use it. But if the light goes off, you can't use it. It's not mm. there. It's like it's not there. But the way it's not just as simple as a light goes on and off. It's you have to sort of figure out. It, it's it's a pattern solving game, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the patterns are thrown out by the environment. And then you figure out how you interact with the environment based on the feedback you get from just sort of floating around and wandering about. As this little girl. It sounds very um it sounds very Plato's cave. I mean so, I don't know that. I know Plato, but I don't know what it, Plato's cave is. You're Pla- gonna tell Plato's me those cave. Come on. <laughs> so Plato's cave is <laughs> it's this philosophical idea that there were there are these um there are these people, they're actually chained in a cave, they're like prisoners. And all they can they can't see the entrance to the cave, all they can see is the hmm. back wall. And there's um, like a, a fire behind them, a campfire. And so all they can see are the shadows of what's going on in the real world. Yeah. And they believe that that is reality. So right. what he was trying to say is we have no real perception of reality. We only ever see the the shadows on the wall of the cave. Yeah. And there is there is actually bits in the game that do a, something quite similar. And, and, and it flips perspective. Again, words, Gem. Just, just they're not working, Tim. They're not coming out. Of my... so, don't worry, it's only a podcast. Split... It won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, third time's a charm. Here we go. There's parts of the game that flip perception. There we go. I did it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for your humble little applause there. Um, yeah, so it's really, it's really inventive. And every time you get to a new chapter, I'm just saying out loud, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, that's amazing. Mm. And wow, I said wow so many times playing this game. <laughs> wow. You <laughs> went so full Owen Wilson. Use the environment. Yeah. Just basically played the game with my mouth open with a little bowl to catch all the drool underneath my chin. Such, <laughs> such beautiful imagery you evoke. Ah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in my pants with um, a beer stain shirt on. So I, mean, I, I don't want to put unnecessary. Oh goodness. Oh, I wish we went on a Zoom down, call right now. I can see everything. <laughs> um, so I don't want to put an unnecessary downer on it. But is there stuff you didn't like? Yeah. One thing. One thing I'll say that I don't like is that. Um, this game has its own uh, kind of shot sequence. I don't really know how else to put it. It's directed in a certain way, which means that 
your zoom level is predefined. So the game will automatically zoom you out or zoom you in and you've got no control over that, which is really cool for the cutscenes. And also it's quite nice when it sort of zooms you in and then you start a new chapter or it zooms you out and you start a new chapter. But some of the zoomed out moments were just so far out. Um, mm. And because of the muted colours in some of the sections, I found it very hard to see where my character was or what I was doing. And yeah. luckily I have a switch. So I was finding that I was taking the switch out. So I was undocking it and holding it handheld so I could see it better. But I think that, so if it was a mobile game, I mean, that's quite a small screen as well. That's smaller than a switch. I think some of it was a little bit too zoomed out because you just couldn't bring it in again. I think I've got 20-20 vision, but if you don't, I, I think it would be quite problematic, some of it actually, mm. just see. Um, which I thought was a little bit of a not like it felt like an afterthought. Yeah, it looks nice, but where the accessibility is a bit limited there. Yeah. So I yeah. I I thought that was a definitely a negative. Um, and actually, I think I know you're going to talk a bit about accessibility later, so maybe we can pick that up. Yeah, I'm, well, I might do. I might do indeed. Yeah. Um. All right then. Pre so what about recommendations? Yeah, preview <laughs> foreshadowing. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so as you can probably guess, I'm going to recommend this game. I really, really yeah. like it. I think that as long as you, basically I would make a recommend it to anyone, as long as you're not someone who's bored by pretty atmospheric things. Yeah. Um, I think most gamers will appreciate having a look at this because it's short as well. I think it's worth a look and it does test your brain it might take you a while to realize that you're going to be tested because it's quite floaty floaty dreamy dreamy at the beginning um but it, it gets a bit tougher as you go through but it's just a really lovely thing to immerse yourself into and also totally support smaller uh, developers now more than ever mm. like go and give them your money i think it was 15 pounds 14.99 something like that on the switch store um, totally don't begrudge paying that. It's five hours of gameplay, so it's not very long, but for the work that's gone into it and also as a smaller studio, I just think just support them like now more than ever. They need us and we need them and it's lovely. So I'm recommending it to lots of people. It's lovely. <laughs> Do you want to give it a number? It? Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to give it a number out of 10. Just because of that accessibility visual thing, I'm going to give it a nine. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would have given it a 10. But yeah, nine out of 10 for me. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm highly intrigued. Thanks, Tim. Um, nice interviewing job as well. I know that my answers were super vague, but if you play the game, you'll see why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I am genuinely intrigued. I think it sounds interesting. I'll, I will go and have a look. It's lovely. Which brings us nicely on to your section, Tim. What are you talking about today? I don't know right, why I've so... gone all, all um, East End mother, but I have. You have you have gone a bit knees up. <laughs> I have. Even my arms were going. If you're on the video, you can see my arms are going and everything. But I am from South East London, so it's not <laughs> locationist. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> you can't help being a cartoon. Um, no, I just right, can't help so... myself. I haven't been out of the ass for a week. <laughs> Get out your ass. 
Get out your ass, put some laundry out, darling. <laughs> oh. Shall I tell you about this game, that? or do you want to? Yeah, should we yeah, just yeah. go into parody? Talk about your game. Talk about your game. <laughs> All right. So I played a game called Fractured Minds. Oh, yeah. And and we're back. From not one, but two quite spectacular technical hitches, which isn't like us at all, is it, Tim? No, it's very peculiar. Never heard of before. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say us, I mean me and uh, usually also Erin. Tim, you are blameless in in these technical hitches. What happened was uh, I, I forgot to check my memory card and completely full up uh we run out of space i didn't record any of my audio for the rest of this episode even though we carried on talking um and then we tried to start it again and i um, realized i didn't have my headphones on so yes i uh, i have yes. a new nickname for both you and Aaron now. oh what is that tim technical bitches <laughs> do that jingle and be like yeah technical bitch culty no that doesn't make sense no that no no <laughs> uh if you've listened to some An of- attempt was made don't make us start this recording again <laughs> uh, i won't <laughs> um but if you want to if you want to hear that uh technical difficulties um uh, jingle that tim made uh, it's probably going to be in this episode if it's not just revisit an older one because uh Erin and i between us are pretty good at technical issues <laughs> <laughs> by by pretty good i mean pretty good at causing them um yes yeah, so uh i think where we stopped him was you were about to review your game I was. Shall I tell you what it is? Yes. What is your game? And tell us what it's about in a nutshell. Well, you'll be very surprised to learn, because you've never heard this before, that I'm going to talk <laughs> about Fractured Minds. Fractured, <laughs> Fractured Minds. Minds is a very short game. It took me, I think, under half an hour. Uh, it's a puzzle role-playing video game that was made by a British game designer called Emily Mitchell, who was 17 when she made it, actually. It's now been published by Wire Productions, and available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows, iOS, Android. All the things. Uh, it was initially seen in 2017 because she won a BAFTA for it, a Young uh, Young Game Makers BAFTA Awards. And then it was released later in 2019 after a bit more work. And I played it recently because it came out on the Xbox Game Pass. Yay for Game Pass! <laughs> so Tim and I both have really Xboxes, it makes me... they're great. <laughs> yeah, um, I love Game Pass for exposing me to all these little indie games that I wouldn't ordinarily have bought. But I will say, if you do want to buy it and check it out, it is only like one pound seventy-five. Oh, that's a bargain! Um, and it's going to go to a good cause that I'll tell you about later. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we'll uh, stick a pin in that for later then. Um, so, what were your expectations going into this game, then, Tim? So, what I knew about this game was that it was based around the game makers experiences with um, mental illness Mm -hmm. with uh, mental health and i knew it was made by a teenager so i'm expecting some kind of narrative that's going to be full of teenage angst Um, (laughs) and i don't and i don't actually say that to be disparaging it's normal for teenagers to you know to have angst what i i wasn't expecting it to go into so deeply 
was really trying to focus on creating that sense of empathy for um, someone with poor mental health. And that's what the game is about. It's about trying to make you feel the different phases you go through if you might be having um, a bad time having a poor episode. So the game is this sort of puzzle story adventure that takes you through six different levels where you start off, you know, thinking about paranoia um, and then isolation and being trapped and then anxiety. And it takes the form of like escape the room puzzle adventure Uh type of thing. So, you know, when you have to click things and find the key um, or you have to move certain objects or solve certain uh, word puzzles or whatever it is. So is it a bit of a point Um, and click in terms of the way you operate the game? uh not not entirely i mean you know you move around you know i was using the the game controller it wasn't on on xbox so um it it, tell you what visually it has that sort of feel of like a 90s virtual reality um, game if you ever played those where everything's kind of like quite flat yeah um so the 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 background dev is obviously immature because Mm. she was just trying out new game mechanics as a first-time game maker but actually there are illustrative details within that that make it a lot more pleasing than it would otherwise be and it kind of it evokes a a slightly off um off-center children's book something not quite right with the characters reminds me a little bit of the babadook or something in that sense there's these tall thin sinister characters sad faces um yeah things just kind of not positioned quite correctly so it does have an interesting visual dynamic it's not as as shonky as i might make it out to be nice um and so then when you when you got into the game you say it uh it kind of broke your expectations in in the detail it went into so what is the what is the kind of story that your uh protagonist is going through yeah, so you sort of you wake up in this room not really knowing what's going on, but you know you have to find this key to get out. And the thing is, you know, you go around opening drawers and cupboards, and it just keeps saying, um, you find all these keys, and it says wrong key, wrong key, wrong key, which oh. just sticks around you and starts to kind of cram you in. And that's the kind of dynamic you get every time you go into a new room. You try something that you think is going to be the obvious answer, and then it turns out not to be. Um, it kind of reminds me of a, of a story like going through Dante's Inferno, where you have, you know, a level of hell and you have to overcome a certain sin in order to progress onto the next one and keep going through your journey. So it's very narrative driven. Yeah. There's a little bit of puzzling, but the puzzling's not taxing. It's more about trying to evoke those feelings of isolation and anxiety within the player. Okay. Um, just quick side question, Tim. How many rings of fire was there in Dante's in Hell Inferno thing? Nine. Nine rings of fire. <laughs> Yeah, nine, nine circles of hell. Were they rings of the, fire? That's what, how I always imagined them. I think you're confusing Dante with Johnny Cash. Oh, with the ring of fire. Oh, shit, we have to, re- <laughs> we have to review that now because I sang it. <laughs> oh, no. You always have to sing something. <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, yeah, I just, had, had I nine, feel like the circles, circles of hell, hell the, are like bottom... rings of fire. <laughs> the bottom circle is for traitors, so it's just got Judas in it. Oh, just on his own, just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, just being a traitor in the middle. Um, Serves him right. Okay, so, <laughs> that, was a, that was a sidebar. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, let me, let me, so, let's let's talk about what you liked about this game, Tim. What were the standout things about it? Yeah. So what I really liked, and <laughs> um, I don't Sorry. mean this to sound disparaging, is that it exists at all. 
right. love the fact that there are young game makers finding a voice and that there's a place for them to go and try that out and you know and put it out there so the fact that a game like this can get made that it can get distributed and also that it's supporting a good cause is my favorite thing about it mm. i feel like i don't there's no point in critiquing um you know like how maybe the visual design wasn't good enough or it doesn't play for long enough like there's there's no point in doing that because that's not what it is yeah that's not what the game's for what the game's about so you've you've touched on the cause do you want to do you want to go mm. into that at this point yeah yeah i can do so it's support it's in association with an organization called safe in our world yeah dot uh, org which you can you know google or maybe find in the show notes yeah we'll stick it um, in the show notes they yeah, they, they look after mental health awareness and they've got a campaign at the moment called Level Up Mental Health, um, specifically for the games industry. Uh, and if you go on there, they've got like a free pack you can download and find out more. But it's interesting because it, it is in particular an industry where the workers suffer from disproportionate mental health problems. Yeah. And they do tie it together with things like crunch culture, just putting people under immense amounts of stress. So if anyone you know, listens and is involved with that industry, I would yeah. say go and check it out, get a pack and just like stick it on your notice board at work or something because it looks pretty good. 80% of the profits from the game go towards supporting that and the other um, the other money is supporting Emily's kind of future career. Yeah, which why not? I mean, for a young developer with a really good cause, it's £1.78 or something, just go and buy it, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Do a exactly. Good deed. That's... <laughs> That's my main message. But this also leads me on to what was not so good about the game. Right. Um, because as I said, there's no point criticizing the graphics, but what I would criticize, or I would have given advice to her if you know, yeah. I was there, is that the, that support system should be better signposted within the game. Right. Because it focuses, as I said, very much on creating this empathy for someone who's feeling those problems. Uh, you get to the end of the game and it sort of says, you know, we go through these things and we come out stronger the other side oh. and i think unfortunately that's not always true no a lot of people don't come out stronger from these experiences and more to the point they need help to come out stronger yeah. it doesn't just happen by yourself in isolation and the problem with the game is you're playing it in isolation right and i think it really needs to point you towards having constructive conversations with friends and family or to yeah. an online place like safe in our world i had to like go and read production notes to find out it was associated with this charity and it should be more embedded within the yeah. game so that people can find solutions to their problems not just empathize with them yeah i wonder and i maybe you know the answer to this tim but i wonder if this is a game that was developed with them from the beginning or whether they picked it up once it had already started I, I don't know, but given that she's only said it was from her own experiences and it was very much a, a one-woman yeah, you know, production yeah. line, I think it happened as a good cause afterwards in association so that with the, might with be the publishers. Why, yeah, yeah I, I can entirely understand if that's the reason. I still think when you publish it, you could put something in the menu. Yeah, saying, that's a good point. Get extra help here you know that's like you get with a lot of um tv programs where it says there might be sensitive issues so if you want to go to this web address after the program yeah that kind of thing pretty much every episode of eastenders yes yeah. <laughs> no, i'll just i'll just take your word for that 
<laughs> I haven't watched it for a long time, but I think EastEnders and Hollyoaks are those are those shows that like after ev- like at least once a week you'll get a little thing coming up. If any of the themes of this episode have affected you or you felt any resonance, yeah. call these numbers. But I think those things, you know, those things are important because as much as what we're playing and what we're consuming is media is art, um, they can be triggering. And they also sort of should be in some ways triggering, not necessarily for trauma, but in terms of action or questioning experience. Those kind of triggers are important. Um, So, yeah, to to then signpost a way to then act Mm -hmm. on that is quite, is is something, yeah, it's it's not not raised very often. So that's a really good point. Exactly. Um, So I think, you know, that leads on to recommendations. Yeah. I think it's it's a good course. It's good to check out, you know, Young Voices and Support Games. So I recommend it for almost anyone, really, to have a little look at. It won't take too much of your time. But obviously, if you are recommending it to someone who's maybe in a vulnerable position, Mm -hmm. make sure you do it under the pretext of having a conversation about it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wise words, Tim. That's why you're here. Yeah. For your, your wisdom. Thanks. <laughs> so what um, would you rate it? So what would you rate it? Or do you not want to? It, I, I will. I'll, I'll say I'll say an eight because I think it achieves the thing that she set out to achieve, which is to try making a game that actually has some substance to it. And she did that. So I'll only knock, knock a couple of points off for um, not, not enough signposting. And, you know, obviously you can always do better when you're starting out your first game yeah well that's um, that's great i'm thing, definitely gonna look out for it there's one extra thing i just wanted to mention yeah. very quickly which is that because um she got the bafta award mm-hmm. i thought oh, i wonder what the criteria is for this sort of thing and i went and had a poke and it was just in my newsfeed because this month they released bafta released guidelines for inclusion within games and the games industry, yeah. which they take into account when they're doing future awards. So it's just being trialed at the moment. I know they already started doing it for film and TV yeah. is in trial at the moment as well. You, I won't go into it in too much detail because you can go and Google it yourself yeah. and find the guidelines. But what I will say in a nutshell is, as someone who works in DNI myself... What is uh, DNI for people is, that don't know what that means, oh, Tim? diversity and inclusion there we go thank you (laughs) it it means trying to take away systemic bias from things you're doing that would put people at a disadvantage who don't need that disadvantage to be in place um i had i had a read of it i thought it was really good so if you're a young games company Mm -hmm. in particular it's worth having a look as a template because it's re- it's easier to do these things right from the beginning yeah. than to be halfway through the process and think, oh, should we throw in a diverse character? Because it's not about that. It's no. about making sure that you support your gaming community, you support your employees, and you're thinking about all of the contexts of, of diversity from location to supporting characters to narratives uh, to all sorts of things. So. Go and check it out if that's your field. Yeah, and and really nice to mention there as well, um, if you are starting out in games, don't just focus everything in front of the lens, as it were. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's about having a broad spectrum of talent behind the process as well as on the kind of visual audio side. So it's not just what you see, it's who's telling those stories and how they're telling those stories. Um, yeah, but that's that was great, Tim. Um, I'm definitely going to look Thanks. this game. I know, you're so good at this. 
Erin uh, was, <laughs> I was chatting to Erin the other day and by this, I mean by uh, giving us a little bit of something to go away and like think about and learn. So cheers, Tim. You've, you've definitely upped the educational level of Avocast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. My job just bleeds into everything. Yeah. But it's nice. It's nice because Erin and I, as as you know, listeners, Erin and I will just uh, just play stuff and be like, yeah, it made me feel like this. And just not, we don't do any research apart from maybe a quick search beforehand. <laughs> on. <laughs> so, it's not, you know, you're challenging us, Tim. You're making this podcast more highbrow um, and still having a lot of fun. I'm having fun and I fully support the diversity of this podcast. Thank Saying you. yes, I enjoyed this because I shot things is good too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about uh, the, the the diversity of our personalities, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. P- personalities, review types, experiences, <laughs> all of that. It's good. If we all agreed on everything, it would be less interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget my uh, my uh, identifying as Italian when describing Mario and Luigi moment, which you found quite amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I yes. used the phrase as an Italian. Um, I feel that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Cause... You say as an Italian like uh, people say as a parent on mum's net. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never been on Mum's Net. Um, anytime, try it. You should try no, it. Oh, no, I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. But occasionally it pops up on a search result, doesn't it? And you're like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why would I want? Yeah. Why would I want that as a reference? Um, <laughs> yeah, quite a yeah. It's a, it's a realm of the web that I I. You know, they talk about the dark web. Something I've never visited mm-hmm. because I'm a very like I play by the rules. Um, yes. <laughs> But and you haven't had to have anyone killed. I, I haven't yes, had to have either, anyone so. killed. I haven't had to order illegal substances or any of that stuff. Um, I'm quite an innocent person, Tim, let's face it. <laughs> I'm a bit vanilla. What do you want? Um, there's nothing wrong with vanilla. It's the best flavour. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, when people talk about the dark web, I pretty much just think of mum's net. Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, that's, that's, quite, that's quite wrong. Do you know, I was, I had a conversation on another podcast about the dark web the other day and my friend started this conversation, but got the term wrong. And she was like, what's that thing? The black internet. <gasps> no! And, yeah, and I was like, no, it's not. Oh, that's no. not what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a that's a different Twitter feed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the black internet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, just just Mum's Net just feels like a place that I'd never want to go to. I think you should give it a go. I say as I'm sipping as I'm sipping a lukewarm mojito. Let's review Mum's Net as a game. Oh in my a god, should episode. we? Should we gamify yes. browsing Mum's Net? Yeah. Yes. So we could, I know, I know how we could do this. Listeners, uh, if you want to see this happen, let us know. Um, we could set ourselves something to research, but only use Mumsnet as the source of information. Yes, that's brilliant. Ooh, that would be spicy, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, we should pick subjects for each other as well. Oh my God, let's do this. We're doing this. This okay, is going to be a bonus episode. It's happening. I'm going to tell Erin. He'll love it. <laughs> oh, this will get so spicy as well. Because I just, again, this is like, maybe I'm being really biased towards Mum's Net, but I feel like it's going to be all the wrong information. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a friend who genuinely loves reading Mum's Net. He's not a mum. He is a father. Yeah. Um, but he... Is it inclusive? I, I once called, he was about... To dads. Is what, sorry? Is it inclusive to dads? I feel like it's a... I mean, it's called mum's Yeah, net, I know. That's so, what I mean. I, I feel like know. it's like not an inclusive place. But um, again, not, I'm being but... really biased. Sorry, mum's net. I actually caught him because he was... We were in the pub. He was <laughs> about to leave to go and get his flight home because he lives in Sweden. And he was doing some stuff on his phone. Sorry, mojito. Like, looking frantic. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just downloading a load of um, forum threads from Mumsnet so I can read them on the plane. I was like, are you for real? He's like, yeah, they're hilarious. I love them. <laughs> oh, for the lols. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> that's, oh, God, I choked on my mojito. Um, maybe that serves me right. Maybe that that is a curse of, of dissing Mumsnet that's coming to get me. Uh, if any of our listeners are active members on mum's net like let us know if we're wrong but we are gonna we're let's just let's let's, let's gamify this tim uh pick a subject i'll pick one erin will pick one we'll give them to each other blind and then we'll do Mm -hmm. an episode maybe we'll do a live search of mum's net on episode how about that i'm not doing a live search i'm gonna do my homework and you know i'm gonna do my homework you're gonna do a live search (laughs) we'll do five minutes before (laughs) Aaron will be doing it in the episode while he's going yeah. for a cheeky wee and drinking three different drinks. Great. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end of this riveting episode. Um, thank you so much again, Tim, for your contribution. Um, Cheers, Sam. Sorry to Mum's Net, maybe. Don't know. Jury's out. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to leave it there. It's, it's all getting messy. And thanks for the listen. If you are enjoying our content, please give us a share and recommend us to your friends. Um, Also, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. You know you want to, and it really helps out. Um, And I think that's it, Tim. Anything else? Any last messages from you? No, to be honest, I've got a bit of gas. I was just trying to hold it in for the end, so you go on. Okay, Tim's going to go away and burp. I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye! Okay, he's burping into his elbow. (laughs) The end.